and Ives on Whiskey Waffle. Ah. That was a carry pigeon. <laughs> that was a carry turkey. Seared foot flesh. <laughs> There's a tasty note and a half. That's this episode on Whiskey Waffle, the podcast. I mean, cast. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Whiskey Waffle. Here's Nick. Where's Nick? Oh, he's over here. Hey, hey, everyone. And I am Ted. You are. Last time you checked, you were. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I still am. Yep, yep. Hey, Nick. Yes. Have you noticed the uh, large purple thing sticking out in front of me? Um, I just thought you were pleased to see me. Well, generally I am. But, uh, it's it. okay, listeners, it's not what you think. Um, I am wearing a cast on my leg. Um, it's certainly cast strength. Yes, cast, cast strength. Um... I had a uh, slight whiskey-related leg mishap. Yeah, as all the best leg mishaps are. Let me just say to people, please, I'll give you a warning. If you feel like dancing after a few whiskeys, <laughs> if you're listening along to the podcast, mm. just be careful. Don't get too enthusiastic, or things can end kind of badly. At least you've got a fair bit of natural anaesthetic in the system um, to last until the next day. Yeah, look, let me tell you, overnight it was great. I was really, really happy. I hardly had any pain. The worst I actually had it was the next morning when they were going to take me to surgery and I was hungover as anything and I could not have a drink because I was nil by mouth because they were going to whisk me away to operate on my leg. (laughs) And it was awful! Oh, my goodness. So, be wary of that. Suffering. Well, we've heard about your leg mishap, Ted, so I think it's about time that we got stuck in to the episode. Da-da-da! Let's do it. Oh, we got waffling, Ted. Indeed. The Waffle. So, Ted, just early this evening, after I got home from work, I was, um... I was feeling like a dram, but I didn't want to. Didn't want anything special. I was about to cook dinner and eat some food and stuff, and I just just needed a dram just to um just to wind down somewhat. And I just found myself uh reaching to the the other side of the shelf, and I had an old bottle that's been sitting there for ages. It was actually a bottle of Bell's. Anyone yeah. you tried Bell's before, Ted? You I probably... have tried Bell's. Uh, you and I have both tried Bell's a few times before. Yeah. Any it's... listeners at home had this wonderful bottom shelf spirit? Well, I suppose it is. A, it is a whiskey, isn't it? it claims to be. Did your dad have bells? No, your dad had teachers. Yeah, my dad had teachers. That was the first whiskey I ever tried, actually. Um, but I did <laughs> did come back for more. But no, I just I just grabbed some bells off the shelf and poured it into a glass and held it to my nose and then thought, this is freaking awful. This is absolutely appalling. I used to not mind this stuff. I used to drink a... Well, not a fair bit of it, but I used to drink more than a sip or two without gagging. And on that moment, I had a startling realisation. And what was that, Nick? I think I might be a whiskey snob. <gasps> I d- I'm, I'm just, just so you can know, uh, listeners, I'm clutching my pearls <laughs> with a horrified expression on my face at the moment. I mean, like, I, I, probably this is this is no news to a lot of people in, in the world, but it's not something I've ever set out to become. Like, I, I'm a waffler. I love chatting about the stuff, but I've never considered, you know, consider myself above these, these blends and bottom shelves. They've... um. You know, got me through university life and um, many parties and whatnot. But 
I was struggling to drink it. So so to prove this, I, I've poured my colleague a glass as well. So now we've both got some bells in the glass, rather rather a larger glass than I would have hoped to have seen. But it's there anyway. And um, yeah, maybe I just maybe I was just having an off afternoon. Maybe it was just a tough day at work. But let's find out. Ted, are we whiskey snobs? Okay, let's let's see now. I'm approaching the glass yeah. <laughs> with my now. I, I'm starting to worry hugely refined palate, mm. or, or <laughs> nasal nasal sense. Yeah. Okay, I'm going for a sniff. It's. Hold on, I, I'm I'm going to sniff a bit more because I'm not really. There's not really much there. I don't know. I think it's cloying. Mm. It's it's like, it's like a a. A bouquet of flowers that's been left a bit long and starting to go a bit off and rank. It's it's got this sweetness about it, and yeah, that floral pot puree, grandma's toilet cleaner sort of air freshness sort of thing going on. It's something that reminds me of like old cupboards. Old cupboards. Yeah. You see, all it's- of these tasting notes we've probably used in various positive or negative ways before, but I don't know. It's just not wanting to, not encouraging me to take a sip, but in the name of science, um, let's go for it. Oh, it's a bit, uh, it's <laughs> a bit sharp. The faces that you were pulling there, Ted. Um, shame, this is only an audio medium. Mm. Well, it's a bit sharp. Yep. And a bit thin, yet yeah. somehow oh, it is, it's just thin, a yeah. bit sort of like sweet and mm. too, it's, it's kind of... Confused. It's like a really non-smooth, light liqueur. I don't know. Oh, hmm. this is worrying, Nick. Yeah, I know. It's concerning, isn't it? Maybe, um, maybe it's just my old bottle of Bells that's been sitting there for too long and it's gone off. Despite the fact there was half a bottle left when I started, but let's let's put it down to age. Let's say that this bottle is spoiled. Um, we need to compare it to another bottom shelf, don't we, Ted? You got anything? Mm. Well, funnily, you should say that, Nick, because yeah. I have a fresh. Never opened before bottle. Ah, well, this one kind of spoiled. Yep, of bottom shelf whiskey. Yep. What is it? So, this this whiskey is called uh, Glenefa. 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 Glen. Effort. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't know about this. <laughs> yeah. um, so it purports to be from a place called Glenefa Distillery, and right. it says that it's a blended Scotch whiskey. Yep, which is apparently a well-balanced, smooth Scotch mm. with a palate of crisp grains, oak, and intense flavour, highlighted by multi tones, floral aromatics, and lingering sweet finish. Yeah, a lingering sweet finish. There's uh, some warning bells there, some red flags. If it calls itself Scotch, that is not produced for the Scottish market. Yes, and here's here's the thing. So while it sort of says that it's a Scotch whiskey, it was bottled in Australia mm. oh, right. okay. for the Edgemill Group. Thanks, Edgemill Group, um, which is in Victoria apparently. So Are you making a good like, margin out of this one. So apparently, it's it's a uh, it's a blend of uh, selected single malts and grain whiskies. Yep, that's pretty much the definition of a blend. So Ted, shall I um? Shall I continue our quest to prove that we're not whiskey snobs by tipping our bells down the sink? Yes. All right, then. <laughs> it's a good start. Do it. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So my colleague has just uh, poured a couple of glasses of bells down the sink um, to prove a point, I believe. So now we're going to try this uh, Glenefa, which was produced somewhere in Scotland. I I had a quick look online, and I couldn't really find... Uh, <laughs> A place 
that actually called itself Glenefa Distillery. Produced somewhere in Scotland for an Australian market. I will pass this glass over to you. Now, this is fresh bottom shelf. So, this still costs me uh, under $40, I believe. Australian. Australian. It's Look, for a bottom shelf, it's actually got quite reasonable packaging and stuff. But I reckon that's probably where they've put the money towards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It looks the business, but whether it actually holds up. Ooh. It's papery. That's got a weird nose. It's, it's different. It's not like the bells... When, when you say papery, I mm. get that. It smells like a musty old book. Mm. The bells at least had some something in common with some of the, the you know red label type things. This is something else. There's almost kind of a rank note in there, mm. like sitting right underneath. The quest to prove we're not whiskey snobs is going really well at this point. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Look, it's almost... You know how we like to say that a sort of a Tasmanian whiskey, particularly like Lark and things like that, that one of the key tasting notes is oranges, yeah. like really nice, vibrant oranges. Well, this has got oranges in it as well, but I believe it's like an orange that's sort of been sat kind of around in the fruit bowl for so long that it's starting to sag in the middle and maybe there's a little <laughs> bit of mould sort of creeping up over it. That's, mm. that's what I mean by that sort of rank smell. It's kind of a... It's got a there's a hint of ammonia there, isn't there? Mm. Shall we? We shall. <laughs> I think. I, mm. I, are we sure? Um, if the podcast ends suddenly, ladies and gents, <laughs> then you probably know why. I was a bit worried at first. It smoothed out all right. It's got a mm. sort of butterscotchy note yeah. to it, I think. It's a bit like um, sort of uh, knockoff brand um, Werther's. Yeah, something like that. It's it's trying to go for that caramel, but it's not quite not stuck the landing. Um the finish is it's actually it's actually quite different to anything I've mm. had in this sort of category, so it's not it's it's, it's an not odd hideous, one. but it's it's a bit bizarre, yeah. Like they say that this is this is for the Australian market. Is there some sort of uh home brand Helly's Road attempt going on here or? Actually, yeah, you're right. It is it is a bit maybe 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 that um, the stills that it's been produced on have are like big sort of stainless steel. Maybe that's it. Ones. Um, are, is that a thing in Scotland? Could be. Could be. Um, well, I mean, I bet the grain has been done in yeah, stainless yeah. steel. Maybe columns. it's like ninety-nine point nine 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 percent grain whiskey with like a. They just put it like a eyedropper worth of um, <laughs> single malt in there at it's the end. Homeopathic so, malt. Homeopathic malt. And then they put a nice big dollop of uh, caramel colouring in just to... <laughs> <laughs> I reckon more than a dollop. Um, let's, I've, I saved a little bit of the bells just for a okay. comparison. Oh, it's still not good to drink. You better have a check, Ted. All right. Pass it over. Uh, I think the bells is worse. Yeah. No, I don't like that. It's got a, a nasty sharpness to it. Yeah. Well, we're not necessarily doing a review. We're trying to prove... Have we become whiskey snobs? Um, what do you think, ladies and gents? If we're if we're looking down our noses, however unintentionally, um, have we really become those guys? Well, I I would like to put an opposite position onto this. Mm. Are we whiskey snobs, or have we developed our palates enough to recognise shit whiskey? <laughs> maybe you're right, Ted, or maybe they're the same thing. I don't is, know. Is is that a I is think- that really a sign of being a whiskey snob, though? Is it just knowing, like, okay, th- these whiskeys are, yeah, good, like, mm. and this, this is like, ugh, no, I don't actually want to drink this. It's I think just I've, not very I good. I think I've solved it, Ted. 
um, to to yourself and myself and to probably many of the listeners of this podcast um, and many of the the people that we we chat with about this wonderful spirit. Um, no, we're not whiskey snobs. We're just people with an interest in whiskey. I mean, sure, whiskey nerds, whiskey wafflers, definitely. Mm. But whiskey snobs is pushing it a bit too far. We won't only drink age statements. We won't only have Macallans that have been, you know, aged for 50 years in a Mercedes. Mainly because we're too poor. That's the reason. But I think if you're talking to a non-whiskey drinker, Ted, and we're sitting here complaining about our rubbish drama bells or what the heck this Glen Effer is, I think they're going to call us a whiskey snob. Yeah. And look, I, ha- I have another thought. Mm. That's oh, lots of thoughts in one episode. It's, it's a lot of thoughts. It, it happens occasionally and it yeah. hurts when it happens. But <laughs> are we drinking this wrong? Should we actually be doing what probably a normal person would do with this whiskey? You've done and it, Ted. You've cracked it. Stick it with Coke. Yeah. Or are, are we drinking it in the wrong context? Sitting here in like our, our nice whiskey lair, sort mm. of pontificating about whiskey, maybe isn't the right place for this this drink. I think that potentially the right place for this drink is sitting around a campfire on a lad's night mm-hmm. where we're a few drinks down already, um, all the boys are laughing, no one really cares, crack it out, poor big sort of... We probably don't have Glen Cairns with us. We've no, got the no. um, the camping cups, so <laughs> pour out some camping cups of um, of just dodgy whiskey and knock it back and laugh with your mates. Maybe that is part of it that you have to be in the right place to get the it in in its proper context. I think you've cracked it, Ted. Not just your leg, but um, <laughs> <laughs> no, you. I think you've solved it. So, ladies and gents, don't pour your Glen Effer down the sink just yet. Save it. Although, pour your bells down, apparently. Yeah, so, apparently. <laughs> um, Save it for the right occasion um, with the right company um, when you don't want to think about what you're drinking. Or if you want to mix it with Coke, make a cocktail, stick a bucket load of ice in there. Yeah. Um, Look, please, that's what this is please, for. Please let us know if you think that whiskey is a sort of a contextual thing. Can, like, does the place and the people you're with and what you're sort of doing, can that change sort of how you view it or... Yeah, drink a whiskey. Like, would would this really bottom shelf stuff become infinitely better if you're in, yeah, like I said, hanging out with your mates around a campfire? Good thoughts, Ted. Good thoughts. You occasionally come out with them. Thank you. Even tonight. Well done. Thanks. Onwards. Onwards. And upwards. And kind of roundabout. So, I'm going to crack this bottle open. Oh, listen to that crack. The whiskey. Oh, tell you what, Ted. What? We have got a whopper of a whiskey tonight for the for the whiskey review segment of the podcast. It is an epically girthy whiskey. Oh yeah. Smells like it as well. Yeah. Um, because we are drinking one of the most heavily peated whiskies on the planet. Duh, duh, duh. I feel that was appropriate. Um, and as soon as I say one of the most heavily peated, our listeners know exactly what we're talking about from a little distillery on Isla called Brookladdie. It's the Brookladdie Isla Bali. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> it's the Port Charlotte. No, it's not that one either. Nope. They do a third whiskey label. One of their sort of like um, employee distillery releases. Uh, yep. Yeah, that's it. No, actually, the very one of the very first employee distillery Larissa's they did was um, of a girl called Jessica who actually was my tour guide when I was at Brooklady and I thought it was absolutely awesome because she was my favourite tour guide of my entire Scotland trip and truly worthy of a 
distillery release. But that's not this one. Nope. This one is the most peated one of all. This is the Octomore. Octomore! Now, the particular Octomore release I have for this one is the Octomore 06.2. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, it means it's, well, it's the sixth release that they've done. Yep. And the second of those released under the 06 label. Now, um, they have a bit of a numbering system, Octomore, and you might be able to correct me, Ted, but this is how I think it works. You're wrong! Thank you for correcting me, yes. Um, but... Let me let me at least get a, a bit of a theory out there. The the point one, the very first one they release, is just the standard release of the Octomore. The point two is being finished in some kind of wine cask. The point three has a degree of um, virgin oak attached to it, and the point four is Isla Bali. I could have got those second two round the wrong way. Yeah, it's I don't know. Like I'm that. sure our listeners will write in and correct me for my ignorance. But this one is the point two. Um, and this one I bought at the distillery at Brook Laddie just after getting a tour from, from Jess, actually. And this one has been in wine casks, finished off, which, yeah, just gives it an extra layer of complexity. It's bottled at 58.2%. And yeah, it's not an old whiskey, but the most, it's only five years, but the most important stat is the PPM. And what is the PPM? Uh, PPM is parts per million, Ted. And what is the PPM in this case? Uh, the, the amount of peat parts per million is 167, which at the time... Oh my God, that's like, compared to what? Yeah, well, compared to, say, Lafroig or Ardbeg, which are sitting around 40, um, compared to some of the space-arty peated ones that are in the sort of 10s or 20s, um, compared to Balvenie, which is one. Yep. Um, no, this is 167. At the time, I think this was the most heavily peated one they've done. And of course, then they brought out the six point. Or the Op 6.3, which was stupidly 200 and something. Um, but anyway, I've got this 6.2. And um, you'd expect, Ted, this is the most peated thing you've ever put in your mouth, right? And see, this is what always confuses me about Octomores. I suppose it's they're never as peaty as I think they're going to be. I, I'm expecting to be sort of smashed in the face with a um, charcoal log. <laughs> but actually, it's so much different to that. They're so complex. It is. There are layers upon layers. I mean, there's obviously smoke there. No doubting it's a Peter whiskey. Yep. Um, no doubting it's from Isla. No. No doubting that. But it's there's heaps of other stuff going on. Mm. It's not. It's not just Pete. It's. It's one of those fires that burns with like different colors coming out of it. There's a yeah, bit of green, look, a bit of blue. Um, there's a definite barbecue yep. sort of flavor in there. Yeah. Like meat, I mean, there's meaty, meaty stuff. Smoked even, meats. Yeah, smoked meats, but also some like um, uh, like Southeast Asian meat. Not mystery meats, but not like mystery some meat. Sort of, no, <laughs> well, I, seeing as I've not been able to specify a particular type of meat, no, I think there's just some. There's there's a lot of bacon going on. It, it, so it's basically like bits of meat on a skewer mm. sizzling over a like a open open coals, covered in some sort of um, uh, like a sweet barbecue mm. plum? sauce, sour plum sauce. Oh, dare we suggest sour plum sauce? We dare, ladies and gents. We dare. I also get macadamias for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. Because but- why not? Because waffle. Um, no, but colour-wise, this is a little bit darker. I've seen some Octomores that have been really pale because it's all natural colours. But the wine cask has certainly added a layer to this. And so maybe some... Yeah, it gives it that... Maybe that's where the plum's coming from, Ted. So what about on the mouth, Nick? What do you think about that? Definitely cast strength. Yep, definitely yep. cast strength. Spicy, fiery. It is yep. fiery. Salty. It is, yeah. Ah, oh, really salty. Yeah. Mouthful of sea salt there, but it's it's hot. Um, it's fiery. It's it's got this sort of 
burnt marshmallowy thing, but like really burnt. I mean, like black. Okay. I mean, like you probably you haven't worked out if so you're you, eating the marshmallow or the stick. Yeah, I was about to say is that you've actually just lost your marshmallow and you're just gnawing on the <laughs> stick. That's that's that could be it. Like there's burnt sugar and then there's this. Actually, you know what? Maybe maybe that sort of like smell of um like um cooking meats and stuff is. Mm. You remember that time when. We're at uh, the shack at St. Helens, mm. and I dropped that burning marshmallow on my foot. I do remember that, yeah. And, and then I had to sit, sit in the that. sink in the uh, caravan <laughs> annex and, uh, yeah, try no. to cool off. But maybe it, maybe it's that's what you're getting. It's like that yeah. smell of, like, burning marshmallow. Maybe that's what I've associated roasting, with. Roasting someone's foot. Yeah, yeah, and seared foot flesh. <laughs> There's a tasty note and a half, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's intriguing, isn't it? Um, it comes in a black... A completely black bottle. So if you've ever been in a bar and seen this sort of black cylindrical object sitting up there in the bar, you have no idea what it was. That would be Octomore. The, the problem with the black bottle is you never know how empty it's getting, but my bottle's getting lighter now. I'm getting a bit mm. protective of it, but is your throat warm, Ted? Oh, it is. Look, Octomore mm. is like a god amongst peats. <laughs> it is. It is. That's it. It's one for the for whiskey nerds everywhere, especially peat heads like us. Like, I mean, are we peat heads, Ted? We are. We, really? We'd love Pete, but is that like our be all and end all? No, it's, oh. <laughs> uh, it's that's a that's a hard question to answer. Mm. Um, <laughs> I th- I even think that this is less offensive than some other peated whiskies. Mm-hmm. I think there's like some Lafroigs or Arbegs yep. are more offensive in terms of their peatiness. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm talking about like two um, non peat heads. Yeah, yeah. Here, I think this has got so much complexity underneath that yep. it transcends that mm. no it's 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 just multi-layered multi-dimensional really interesting it's one that we could talk about forever isn't it yeah but but we will run out <laughs> we will wear your ears off if we don't stop at some point so some closing thoughts about the Octomore. look it's phenomenal mm. wouldn't you love to be part of the brook lady team that gets to muck oh, around with her absolutely say oh this is gonna be the new octomore this is yeah you guys are excited no, it, for this it, it's really good and if you ever get a chance to try it like mm. you don't have to go out and get a bottle and we say it like there's so many different ones mm. i mean leave us a comment like what are some of the favorite octomores that you've tried if you've had the privilege of trying some like is there a best is there a standard are you someone that has tried every octomore release if so what do you think of the 6.2? Also, you're a bastard. Yeah, well, that too. Um, but no, what is your favorite? Um, or what have you got to try? Because Ted and I, well, we've tried a couple, but not many. You've been to Brooklady as well, haven't you, Ted? Yes, I have. Um, did you try some Octomores then? Yes. Do you remember which ones? No. Uh, because they, this is the thing with Brooklady. They're so generous with their tastings. Oh, there's they so many. They will just keep refilling your glass with so a different jam. Another different story. jam. Here's another one. Try this one. Yep. Oh, you like that? Try some of this one. Anyway, good value. If you love Octomore, please write to us via Carrier Pigeon. Yes. Whiskey Waffle the Den. Yep. Indeed, indeed. Waffle HQ via your friendly Carrier Pigeon and let us know what's the best and see if the, the pigeon is knocked over by the amount of peat emanating from that letter because <laughs> phew, as soon as you write the word Octomore, I think something starts burning. Are we, oh, yes. We're doing snobs. We're doing snobs, are we? Are we doing snobs? We're doing snobs, yeah, but not in the way you might think. Nick, guess what? What? Guess what? What? I have... What do you have? Right here. He's fiddling for a prop. I'm concerned. I have... A box. Oh, not another mystery whiskey. It is... A freaking mystery whiskey. Hey. <laughs> mystery whiskey. 
Whiskey. It's time to play Mystery Whiskey and I am it. You are it. Gosh. So, you've given me a lovely glass of of amber liquid. Yep. And I'm going to try and give my thoughts about it. But before that, let's hear from future Ted telling us exactly what I'm about to be humiliated by. Hey, listeners. So, this is Ted. Nick has no idea what's about to hit him. I am about to reveal a whiskey that I don't think has any comparison in the world, as far as I know. This is the Whippersnapper Project Q. Now, Q, in this case, stands for quinoa. That's that funny grain from South America, which everyone like reckons is a superfood. Turns out you can also use it for making a whiskey. It is really, really different. Nick is going to have his mind blown. All right. This is this is future Nick. Ted, you're a dick. Thank you, future Nick. <laughs> right then, we've returned in the TARDIS, and we are now completely none the wiser, at least I am. Let me have a nose of this. What? I've had one sniff. This is not barley, surely. It's rye. Is it rye? I cannot reveal that to you. It doesn't. It doesn't smell like American whiskey in any way. But it doesn't smell like barley either. That's why I went straight to raw. I don't know why. It's got a really different nose, doesn't it? It's hugely different. It's got a bit of perfume or potpourri or mm, it does dried flowers. But it's I don't a know. Like slightly like yeah, burning potpourri mm. in incense, like temple incense. Oh, absolutely. It's weird. It's it is really weird. It is really weird. It's not unpleasant though. It's mm. like intriguing. It's. Yeah, temp- temple incense. Can you understand my... why I said rye, though? Yeah, I know. I I definitely know why you said rye. Hmm. Interesting. But are you right? <laughs> oh, we should have a taste. Yeah, we should have a taste. This tastes like some weird French whiskies that we've tried. Yeah, it's very floral. Floral. It's on the palate. so floral. It's, it's even a... more floral on the palate, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like. Shotting a bowl full of rose petals mm. with a with a hint of lavender, yeah, and some chrysanthemums. Is that a flower? Yes, chrysanthemum is Excellent. a flower. Yeah, I don't know. I'm it's just... a type of daisy. Mm. I like daisies. Um, it's. I'm just gonna go out there and say it's one of the weirdest whiskies I've ever tried. It, look, you would not be wrong about that. It is one of the weirdest whiskies you're trying. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm saying the right things. It's yeah. it's confusing Where, me. Where's it from? Where's it? Where's it from? Where's it from? Where's it from? Okay, North America. No, it's not from North America. You did mention the continent before. Did I? Yeah. In this section. Yes. As in the continent, the European one. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's from Europe. No. <laughs> it's not from France. No, it's not from France, but it's not from Europe either. You said you said it tasted like some of the French. Wi- I know I did. Yeah. But uh, is it from Europe? No, it's not from Europe. Well, it must be must be Australia then. It is Australian. Nick, let let me help you out here. Yeah, well, at least give me some context or give me a barrel type or give me something to guess about. Give me something to think about. Look, you you'll probably get it straight off this, but you'll be you'll be pleased. Nick. Mm. What does the name Onky Cheng mean to you? Whippersnapper. Yes. This is Whippersnapper. It is Whippersnapper. So what it's else? corn. 
No, it's not corn. This is quinoa. It bloody well is. Oh, I've done it. This is. No wonder I couldn't. No wonder I couldn't figure this out. Has have honestly, listener, dear listener, tell me, have any of you ever had quinoa quinoa whiskey? Yeah, as us Aussies we say quinoa. Yeah. Yep. This this is the Whippersnapper Project Q. <laughs> now, just just to uh, make something clear. Onky Cheng, I believe, does not work at Whippersnapper anymore. But Ooh. he sent us an email about four years ago mm. about them making a quinoa whiskey. And we asked for one. He said, sorry, we just ran out. This is their... And I think at the time they had an experimental batch that they were um, trying to sort of uh, refine. But um, we never got to try any of that. But this is from batch one of... Project Q, <laughs> Whippersnappers, Quinoa Whiskey. So as far as mystery whiskies go, this is about the limit. You cannot get more weird than Quinoa Whiskey. If I picked Quinoa upon trying this, then I would be a freaking genius. And I didn't, but there is no shame in that. I, I'm, I'm, I know why you went rye, though. Yeah. I'm not even a huge Quinoa taste. Like, I've only had it, a, I could count on one hand, like, the number of times I had quinoa in my life um so i'm not picking similarity flavors but i went rye and i went pop puree yep but in the end it's quinoa well, from western australia they they themselves say that it has a bold earthy nutty flavor with notes of vanilla and spice okay but also they should add a whole heap of pop puree yeah there. they also mentioned that it is a truly unique experience it is truly now, unique it is truly unique is that allowed no. <laughs> um, uh, out of, so I suppose it, it's unique out of all the uniquities. Mm. Um, anyway, so yeah, Whippersnapper is from which state? Western Australia. Yep, Western Australia, Perth. Perth. It was um, so uh, Whippersnapper um, has its roots in apparently two old uh, fighter pilots from World War Two mm. who shared a love of flying uh, planes that could fly around and blow things out of the sky and drinking whiskey. Now, apparently one of those uh, fighter pilots got interested in uh, backyard distilling Mm -hmm. and over the years built up a bit of an experience and then passed those skills down to one of or both of the current showrunners of Whippersnapper Distillery. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, passing Uh, down labour of love. That is a great story. I'm not sure if it's a great whiskey, but... Gosh, it's interesting. Yeah, so so quinoa. Quinoa mm. is from like one of my favorite places in the world, South America. It's uh, it's one of those things that's touted as a superfood, um, <laughs> and it's also bloody expensive over here. But over there, it's a bit of a staple um, sort of thing. It's it's it is a grain. Mm. It grows on plants. It's important and- to if it was not a grain, it would not be whiskey. Yep, and so um, the mash bill uh, for this is there corn in there? Um. I so I can I can I can remember that it had sixty five percent quinoa. Let me just uh, confirm that. Yep, sixty five percent quinoa. Yep, twenty five percent corn, Mm -hmm. which is probably where you're getting a bit of that sort of um, floral. um, Yeah, some of those floral notes from because it does some of the sweeter stuff probably would come from Mm, corn. Sweet, sweet floral things and ten percent malted barley. Yeah, and it's all local Western Australian um, produced. Mm. um, They they actually say that they 
until they sort of embarked on the project, they didn't even know that uh, Australians made quinoa. <laughs> but turns out they do. Western Australia, they do. They uh, they actually use a continuous um, still. Yeah, that doesn't this. surprise me. Yeah. yeah, a lot of bourbons are produced with yeah. continuous stills. This is aged for just under three years. Yeah, um, barrels. Using yeah, their yeah. own the next thing. Using their own. I was going to say, is it X? It's X um, corn it's, whippersnapper barrels. It's X upshot barrels, which is yeah. their. It's their Australian their bourbon. Bourbon, yeah. And yep. are they their virgin oak barrels that they use for that, right? Yeah, pretty sure. So yeah. okay, that's interesting because I yeah I would say ex bourbon with a twist, and yep. that is definitely ex bourbon with a twist. Now, quinoa mm. is super expensive. Okay. Apparently, it's uh, <laughs> how it's much about- does this bottle cost you, Ted? A little bit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it was worth it. Yeah. For the for the for that moment. Yeah. Uh, look, according to them, quinoa is about five times the price of corn. It makes this a really quite rare whiskey because really unique shut up <laughs> because they just can't make that much of it it's too expensive to make a lot of so if you can get your hands on a bottle you're doing well yep yeah so that is the project q it's got one of the weirdest flavors that i've ever come across in a whiskey oh here here it is absolutely bizarre the very first sniff i was completely put out um and that's why i almost didn't mind doing this in mystery whiskey because which one of us was going to guess quinoa when they smelt that? That was the carry pigeon. <laughs> that was a carry turkey. Whiskey, would you rather? It's been too long since we played this game, Ted. I am looking forward to making you sweat. Okay, I'm, I'm already pretty sweaty. Yeah, yeah, have, true. Have you ever seen Top Gun? I don't think you have. Um, I, I mean, I've sung along to Danger Zone before. Does that count? Not really. But I look, to be honest, I think it was a bit of a shit movie. But one of the things that I... One of the main things I took away from Top Gun was that everyone is sweaty for the entire movie. <laughs> it's, it's weird. They're just like sitting there, like pouring with <laughs> sweat and it's weird and yuck and sort of erotic all at the same time. Uh, you need appropriate lubrication when you're a fighter pilot, don't you, Ted? Oh, of of course. Mm. Uh, and plenty of thrust, if you know what I mean. Indeed. All right, then. So here is... Um, shall I go first, or have you got a good one? Yeah, yeah. No, sure. You you hit. All right, then. Here we go. Here we go. Ted, whiskey, would you rather? Would you rather have 12 bottles of HH525 Barrel Sullivan's Cove? Yep, okay. That is the award-winning Sullivan's yeah, Cove. Yeah, so that, that's the Sullivan's Cove that launched uh, Tasmanian whiskey into the stratosphere. Or would you rather have 12 different bottles of Heartwood? <laughs> oh, that's a bit unfair. Well, that's a good one, though. I'm not forcing you to choose between horrible things. No, no, you're not. You're forcing... Uh. 12 bottles of award-winning... Su- okay, so if I... <laughs> let, let me just think about this. Mm. If I had 12 bottles of HH, HH525, mm. could I sell them and then buy 12 different bottles of... Uh, Heartwood. Well, with, with and still have money left over. I'm not sure there are 12 different bottles of Heartwood that you could buy with the money. That's the thing. You could buy. Mm. You could certainly buy 12 different bottles. But are there Heartwoods out there that you could buy? Yeah. Look. Look. Okay. Okay. I th- I think I know where I'm going to go with this. Yep. I would really, really love to try some HH525. I think it would be an incredible experience. It would probably be a bit disappointing in the end because, like, you'd work yourself up with it. It's a complete hype beast. Like. <laughs> You you would work yourself up and then go, yeah, that's really good, but hmm, is it like 
is it that much money's worth good? Like, <laughs> um, yeah, I would really love to try that. But, 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 to have 12 different heartwoods, each its own special, unique, incredible, <laughs> sort of different whiskey, like, they're, each heartwood is an experience all of its own. It's like, it's, well, Tim Duckett's the Willy Wonka of whiskey, Tasmanian whiskey, and he just creates like a new fantastical invention, <laughs> like on a whim. And yeah, I I would pick, plus, plus they've all got really exciting, fun labels. Yeah. I think that I would pick the different heartwoods <laughs> than just have like 12 of, what is allegedly the world's best whiskey, at least in, in 2014, 2014, yeah. 14, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I I think that, yeah. And I reckon that's what you would do too. Well, I mean, your options are really with the with the Sullivan's Cove, sell 11 of them for several grand a pop yeah, um, and keep one to drink. No, sorry, keep two. Sell 10, keep two, one to drink, one to, you know, insurance. Um, and you'd probably, you'd probably reap a... Good little sum from the selling of the 10 of them. And gosh, think of the whiskey that you could buy with that. And yet, despite all that, despite all that, I'd still go for the Heartwood. Yeah. (laughs) I still would. I I just couldn't not. Imagine having 12 open bottles of Heartwood. It'd be be exciting to to try. Like, I've got got a couple of bottles of Heartwood that has set me back a chunk of a pay packet a couple of times in my life. And that's, that's still pretty exciting. Yeah. No, I, look, I reckon that's the, Mm. that's the one. Yep. What would you do, listeners? Let us know on Twitter. Let us know on Instagram. Let us know in the comments of any form you find, even on whiskeywaffle.com. That brings us to the close of another episode. I've got the remnants of some Octomore in my glass and, well, I've enjoyed drinking it, but I've enjoyed all the waffling along the way. Yeah. How about you, Ted? Oh, absolutely. Look, the the Octomore is just the sort of the smoky icing on the cake. But it is. No, it's, been, it's been a great session. We've mm. we've played some games. It's been it's been fun. some shenanigans. Yeah, it's been happy times. May so. have even been a mystery whiskey thrown in there. Um, but no, it's been great. It's it's been a good night. Thank you again for listening. Please remember to uh, subscribe to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, and um, find us on on Twitter. Um, or Instagram. We're yeah, on definitely there. Instagram. There's a lot of quality drunken pictures that go up there at different events. Or Facebook. Yeah, like us on Facebook. Is that the thing you do with Facebook? Do you like it? Yes, you do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, get in touch um, via email or even carry a pigeon. Yes. And any iTunes reviews or any other review that you can get out there, help us spread the word. Find some like-minded wafflers and let's, let's keep waffling together. He's been Nick. And he is... Not been Nick. He's been Ted. That's damn right. Mm. Keep on waffling. Good Good night. Whiskey Waffle recommends you drink whiskey responsibly and only if you're above the legal drinking age in your country. Our lawyers made us say that. Or at least, they would have if we actually had lawyers. Seared foot flesh. (laughs) There's a tasty note and a half.